Live from our super secret studios above Jacques' flower shop, this is Gerard at Large. Yeah, baby! Good morning, Manchester. Live and local. News, sports, politics, traffic, and weather. Rich isn't afraid to tackle the tough questions. Who told you you can eat my cookies? You talking to me? Yeah, I hear you. You had a question for me. It's all here on the Gerard at Large radio program. Hello? I'm sorry, who'd you say you were? I am your host, Rich Gerard. Thanks for tuning in. Here's Richard. Good morning, Manchester, and to those of you in surrounding towns, welcome to Hour 1 of Gerard at Large. I am your at-the-finish-line host, Rich Gerard. Thanks for tuning in. As you know, you can find us online at GerardAtLarge.com, and you can find us on Facebook and Twitter, also at Gerard at Large, where we encourage you to like us and to follow us because we just want to be loved. And also now because uh, with this radio show going off the air, Facebook, Twitter, and our website, all at Gerard at Large will remain, and it will become the primary mode of communication that uh, I have with you in the large and loyal listening audience. And because of that, um, we doubly encourage you to get involved. You know, it's it's interesting. Our Twitter page is the largest I can find in talk radio in New Hampshire. And um, by far the most active. And our Facebook page is second only to WNTK, that uh, powerful AM-FM combo in the Upper Valley that cuts across three states with no nothing else to be listened to. And... Uh, but other than that, um, we have never paid for a like. We have never paid to promote anything on this show on social media. And through you folks in the audience, this uh, show's Facebook page has become the largest and most active uh, by a long shot over any other talk radio show, station, host, program, you name it, in uh, New Hampshire and I believe in all of northern New England, with the exception of the WNTK powerhouse in the Upper Valley. So that's a real testimony to your folks doing your part to uh, help us share the news that's right here in our own backyard so we can connect local people, places, and things. And I am quick to say it again <clears throat> because while I um, will be signing off for the last time this morning, I will continue with the, uh, with the web presence and uh, we will continue to do what we do. We <laughs> We just won't be getting up at 3.30 in the morning to prepare to do it every day. And without the overhead of running the show, I won't have to do some other things that I do. So, uh, and there it is. But uh, for those of you who missed it, I think it probably, uh, I gave you a synopsis of it in the news read this morning. But uh, I think I'm going to go back and and read what I uh, wrote on Monday when I first made the announcement uh, to you and my large and loyal listening audience. And um, it go. It went like this. From time to time, Gerard at Large host, Rich Gerard, that's me, not only reports the news, he makes it. Such is the case this morning as I take the first person in this newscast to announce that I will retire the show, effective with our sign-off this Friday, November 17th. The planning for this show, which launched on September 26, 2011, began more than six and a half years ago with the belief there was an appetite for local news the inattention or inability of area news outlets to report on it notwithstanding. As a member of our large and loyal listening audience, you know that this belief was well-founded, 
uh, was well-founded is Dread at Large brought to the region's attention multiple stories and issues that otherwise would not have seen the light of day. The show has become a popular venue for people of all walks of life to get the word out about important things happening in Manchester and many of the 19 communities our radio signal reaches. It would be fair to say that people up in Concord or those who wanted to get there and and in Washington or those who wanted to get there too were paying attention as well given our focus on how what was happening in either place affected us right here in our own backyard. With Facebook and Twitter pages that were routinely reaching better than 12,000 people uh, and that was on a bad week, audio archives that were being clicked on 50,000 times a year and news and oh my blog and meeting posts that were clicked on thousands of times a month, we also established a formidable online presence that actively brought the news, uh, the new and old media together to form a consequential media presence. All this begs the question, if all is going so well, why stop now? It's not an easy question to answer, but it is relatively simple. The answers lie in the unexpected and sudden death of my father this past June, on my parents' 49th wedding anniversary at the relatively young age of 72. At 48 years of age, it dawns on me that 72 is not that far away, and I should no longer ignore the stresses and consequences of getting up at 3.30 in the morning and going, uh, getting four or five hours of sleep, if I'm lucky. I've gone beyond what I've come to call functional exhaustion, and things have started to slip. With a wife of 20-plus years, my son on his way to college, two of his sisters right behind him in the next two years, and my kindergartner and first grader off in the distance, slipping is not acceptable. In addition to catching up on some much-needed sleep and having more time for my family, including my mom, I will have more time for my financial services business and my school board seat. I will continue with my weekly Gerard at Large TV show on Manchester Public Television Channel 23, and I will continue to share what I know via the formidable aforementioned online outlets, uh, as will many of those who contributed both on the air and online. And while there are other opportunities that we are currently reviewing for us to continue to bring you news from our own backyard to connect local people, places and things, this broadcast will come to an end, albeit with a heavy heart and a, and profound, and a profound gratitude. I could never express to all those who made it possible and for those of you in this large and loyal listening audience who made it worth every ounce of time, effort and energy, I so I and so many others poured into it. So that's the story, folks. And uh, I'm I'm sticking to it, <clears throat> and um, would be glad to take your calls on this final day, six zero six six seven six two. Of course, we'll continue with your Facebook messages and tweets. So many of you did that instead of calling. Can you tell I'm a little annoyed? And uh, we we had a, a surprise walk in the door at five thirty this morning. Our good friend uh, Jorge Mesa Tejada from the Hampstead Hampstead School uh, uh, Budget Committee or the Budget Committee, formerly of the Hampstead School Board. And uh, a man who knows a lot, he, he kind of popped in with coffee and donuts and uh, wanted to, couldn't let the last day go <laughs> without with, without coming in to say hello. So, or hey, I, I was genuinely uh, touched, surprised when you walked in the door this morning. Well, I am glad because that, <laughs> that was the whole purpose. It was to come and thank you for all you've done, for all of us silent faces out there because the service you have rendered to us is invaluable and the reach that you have in this state is fantastic so oh, no I, thank you I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sensing there's something afoot here ed now coalition of the damn taxpayers he to told show. me he was going to show up too <laughs> 
He's got a bottle of what is that? Champagne. Fake champagne. champagne. Fake champagne. <laughs> Only the best. Fake champagne. Sparkling hey, cider. <laughs> oh, good. This is going to get happy now. <laughs> Oh, well, but you know, I mean, you know what has really surprised me? I mean, I remember when I started the show, people would say to me, literally would look at me like I was crazy, say, you really think you can find stuff to talk about three hours a day every day? You know, if, if I won the lottery, I could put half a dozen reporters on the ground tomorrow just to get to stuff that I know is out there that I don't have time to get to. Um, and this could pretty quickly become a full-fledged news operation. And, uh, you know, your story, you know, the stuff that you went through down in Hampstead when you were banned from school property for allegedly making threats against children, uh, is just crazy, crazy stuff. You know the irony of that thing? I was an elected official mm-hmm. speaking on a duly posted item, giving my opinion that the people should be aware of, to understand the kind of subversive language I was used by the school board member right. to threaten people. And I was just bringing it up to light. All of a sudden, I'm a terrorist. We got turned into the Playstyle Police Department. Uh, that's Remember what that? we did. I yeah. mean, a common thread here is yeah. Metzler. Yeah, Metzler actually uh, listed us as potential suspects for anonymous hate mail he yeah. was allegedly yeah, getting, threats. me and Ed yeah. Nail. Yeah, we have that in writing. That's, I should frame that. <laughs> But that was but that was after he falsely accused Donna Green of of uh, you know uh, you know uh, what would be the best way to put it being threatening menacing uh, towards towards um, uh, staff members in the office and she get banned from every school property in the SAU too. It's a I common, think she's still banned. It, she's still banned from the schools. Also, it, it's yeah. a common reaction when you corner a rat. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, and you know, and then and then you know they were able to force the release of the security video, and they, you know, it's like, wow, boy, she must she must have some pretty powerful words. If while sitting down with the two people she was allegedly threatening, standing over her, clearly no, clearly she wasn't. How does it? It's it's standard stuff. That's when you're dealing with these people. That's how they react. Okay. Do you do you want to know something? This is the kind of talk. And behavior that I saw in the Colombian Senate and uh, House of Representatives, <laughs> except there they packed heat. So it was a much easier situation to get rid of your adversaries. But it was that kind of, of a ridiculous uh, personal non secretaries I kept talking about, totally off topic, yeah. totally off subject, that, that created all those revolutions. And that's exactly what Metzler is fomenting in, the, in Timberlane. Yeah, but you know the thing that really bothers me about Metzler and Timberlane? It's he can't do it without the willing participation of the elected officials that oversee him. And, you know, taking a look at my newsreads, I mean, they're playing their budget games again. They're not going to release the final numbers on the budget uh, until the budget committee doesn't really have any time to do anything with it. And the budget committee is just sitting there fat, dumb, and happy like it's okay. Don't go there. <laughs> Uh, 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 You're absolutely correct. The problem is that the people are supposed to keep an eye on him, on the superintendent, are not doing their job. The superintendent is a resource to the board. He shouldn't be sitting next to the chair on equal basis at the meeting. He should be be sitting outside like I used to in my board when I was chairman. And if we need you, Mr. Superintendent, you're allowed to talk, but this is a board meeting. Right, exactly. And and meanwhile, up uh, up here in Manchester, when I I – called out the administration for fabricating 
an entire set of standardized test scores for the whole district by adding zeros to the Smarter Balance district, uh, to Smarter Balance test score two, two years ago, so they could suppress the actual test, blame parents for opting their kids out, and say, when we removed the zeros, the test scores went up. Uh, you know, when I caught them because the test scores actually didn't go up, they were the same that they had announced that prior November. Uh, you know, I was excoriated as someone who was creating a, a hostile work environment for 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 the for the administration. <laughs> it's just like. You can't. I just, it is the nature of the beast. You have to. You have to do what you have to do and press on. I agree. I agree. And the one thing is that when if you let the discussion become personal yeah. and you get off topic, you're dead. Oh, absolutely. And that yeah, happens guys, every single time in Timberling. Yeah. You got to stay focused. I had a I had a guy call me from a school down near the mass border, and he was trying to get. Uh, I guess he was trying to get some documents from the the school administrator, and um, they wouldn't give them to him. And he got frustrated, and he, finally this ta- the school administrator says, I'm going to call the police. You're threatening the people and the staff. He said, well, I'm threatening anybody. I'm just asking for the, it was some enrollment records. So as he leaves, he looked at a magazine, and the guy and the superintendent put that down. Tells him. So the guy calls me, and I called him up, and I said, I'm, I'm on my way. I told him who I was. I'm on my way to get the documents this gentleman asked for. And there'll be no discussion. So I walked into the office. I put my card on the table, slid it over, and they brought out the enrollment numbers. And they said, these come with an explanation. That's no explanation necessary. And left. You know, <laughs> yeah. you cannot get into a dialogue with some of these people. No. They're so scared of the position they shouldn't have right. that they protected at all costs. And that's why people like this uh, Timberlane midget there uh, react like they do. <laughs> no, just, no, the problem with that Metzler was never a superintendent. He came directly from a high school principalship and became superintendent in New Hampshire in an SAU which only exists in Vermont, Maine, and New Hampshire. Mm, right. Nothing in Massachusetts. Right. Now he's the highest paid superintendent, superintendent in, in the state. state. Even more than even more than Superintendent Vargas here in Manchester. When you when you have an, a, a geometric escalation of salary built into the salary, that's yeah. easy. Yeah. And there's a formula for it. We chased uh, Paul Beecher, the super the uh, city manager down or town manager down in Dover. Oh, yeah, we yeah, chased yeah. him right out of the state. We followed him to oh, uh, Arizona, Arizona yeah. a couple different places. I, whenever I found out that Paul C. Beecher was going to get a job as a town administrator somewhere, I would call that town and tell him what he was and tell him that I had called. And we kept him out of I don't know how many different places. I think he's permanently <laughs> retired in the in Pacific Northwest somewhere. But sometimes you get these guys. I just call them municipal crim- criminals. <laughs> they, couldn't, they couldn't survive in the real world. <laughs> We're going to hit a break for traffic, weather, and sports. When we come back, the old generals will tell their war stories. Stay with us.